0: Hello friends, this is Cheryl, and welcome to Sleep Tight Relax, a bedtime podcast for the young and young at heart. In this episode, we will be joining a family of geese as they visit their cousins in the country for the day. With the story, we are going to combine the gentle sounds of nature and music to help you relax and become calm and peaceful. It's time to rest, so let's take some time to get cozy and comfortable. Turn down your lights and your room should be free from distractions. Make sure you are comfortable in bed, letting your body ease into whatever position you feel the most comfortable. Cuddle up to your favorite toy or stuffed friends. Close your eyes if you'd like and take in a very slow, deep breath. Continue breathing deeply and feel the cool air come in through your nose and flow all the way down to your belly. Feel your belly expand outwards as you breathe deeply. Take a deep breath in through your nose and release the air through your mouth. Breathe in, and breathe out. Take your time. Breathe in deeply, and release the air. Notice how the breath feels as it softly flows in through your nose, into your throat, and further and further down it goes. Breathe in. And breathe out. Good. I hope you are starting to feel more relaxed. After our story, I'll check back in with you again and leave you with some relaxing sounds to fall asleep to. Now, let's continue with Mrs. Goose and her swamp cousins. It was a beautiful morning. Very early, with the dew on the grass and the mists lifting from the sea, when Mrs. Goose, with her seven little goslings, walked through the farm gate, down the path to the road, and then waddled under the fence into the pasture. You are well along now, my children, she was saying, and your travels should begin. And what are our travels? the little geese piped as they stepped along beside their stately parent. Your travels, my dear, are those excursions away from the monotonous surroundings of the farmyard. That's what your travels are. None of your family are given to staying always and forever at home. Oh no, the goslings all quacked in chorus. We don't want to stay around that farmyard all our days. That's what the chickens do. But where are we going now, Mother? For the beautiful Mrs. Goose was heading straight for the swamp at the foot of the great pasture, and already she was taking them through the tufted grass and the low bushes, through which they could not easily notice her stately form. They were quite out of breath and walked along behind her, being very careful to keep exactly in her footprints. We are going to the Great Salt River and the marshes, she called back to them. That is where your cousins live and we shall spend a lovely day with them. But we must hurry through these bushes. I never feel safe until I am well out of them. She explained no more than this, for she was a bird very experienced in the bringing up of children, and she did not wish to frighten them. But truth to tell, this bushy part of the path to her favorite place was always a bit scary for her. It looks so very much like the spot where my husband was scared by a fox, she confided to one of her friends. He was never quite the same again after being scared by that fox. Naturally then, she had for the rest of her days a distrust of bushy paths, and it was with a great quack of relief that she emerged with all her little ones on the banks of the deep, narrow stream, which was a part of the great marsh. Off she swam on the water, paddling with a majestic ease. And down they hopped and splashed and paddled beside her, the seven of them, very excited about a day's adventure. The stream was narrow and deep, much unlike the shallow duck pond in the farmyard, and it gave the goslings wonderful fun to be swimming on a real stream. How good it is, Mrs. Goose quacked, to feel the clear, cool water, and to know that you are not paddling across a mere mud puddle. And there are no tin cans and other stuff here, she went on. Very different, all this, from the rather common surroundings of the duck pond. You must realize that your family is a great one, and I am taking you purposely, my children, to visit my most exclusive friends. The old goose was indeed a proud bird, as anyone could tell by the way she held her head. Or she swam as a bird who marches with eyes to the front and a regal air. Soon they came to where the narrow inlet of the marsh widened into a broad expanse of water, banked by low, wide areas of reeds and rushes. Many channels and enticing little bays made off into the depths of shady and inviting spots where there were cedars and alders and dense, tangled vines. There were delicious odors in the air, and this made the goslings suddenly very hungry. They begged their mother to let them run through the grasses to pluck the tender and inviting things which their eyes caught sight of. But she shook her downy head and kept them paddling along beside her, cautioning them very wisely. Never go browsing by yourself until you know the ways of the countryside. Where there are others feeding, it is safe for goslings. But to go into those tall grasses, tempting as they are, is to walk right into danger. You have never met Mr. Blacksnake, and I hope you never will until you are too big to let him scare you. Immediately, of course, they clamored for the details about this scary creature, but their mother spared them any unhappy visions of the sort. You must not dwell on such uncomfortable things, she would say. All you need to think of when you are out with me are the bright sky and the good green world. But here we are, almost at Mrs. Bittern's gate, and there is Grandpa Bittern waiting for us at the door. As she spoke, the goslings all craned their necks, but they were not big enough to see over the top of things as their mother could. And they were in doubt as to who the bitterns were or where they lived. Suddenly there was a great quacking and flapping of wings on the part of their mother. And they found themselves touching bottom in a beautiful shallow where the black earth and the mosses grew over the very water. Here all was shaded and hidden by the overhanging bushes and great tree trunks rose close at hand with clinging vines and innumerable strands of leaf and tendril swaying in the clear air. Never had they dreamed of such a beautiful spot but they were not to realize how lovely it was all at once, or they were to get acquainted with it only after the greetings of the visit were over. Their cousin, Mrs. Bittern, who was so elegant and brown, with black trimmings to her wings and a bit of gray lace at her edges, and the stately gentleman who stood guard by her nest, were quite enough to overpower the little goslings. They couldn't remember their own names, and they stammered with embarrassment. And in the nest was a solitary youngster with a very long bill and big, frightened eyes, whom they were cautious in approaching. His only greeting was a vicious poking at them with his little head, and they noted that his neck was very strong. Billy isn't used to children yet, Mrs. Bittern quickly apologized. But he'll soon get used to them. Just hand him a bit of fish, Father, and a few of those small crabs. Oh, a very small one, Father. You nearly made him have a sore tummy with the big one you gave him at breakfast. True enough, little Billy Bittern was in a better mood when something more had gone down his throat. And while the two mothers fell into an immediate discussion of the silliness of fathers and uncles, the baby bittern and the little goslings were quacking and playing around the nest in the noisiest way possible. So this, my dears, is a true country home, their mother said as she turned to them. This is the kind of thing that your father and I have always wanted, a little place of our own in the swamp. Oh, Mother, wouldn't it be lovely? They all burst out, really transported with joy at the thought of living forever, where it was all like this, so free and open and sweet. Ha, 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 laughed the tall owner of the charming retreat. That is what you people from the farm always say when you get here. But you know very well you'll be glad to get back to what you call the conveniences of life. By this, he meant the cracked corn and the snug quarters and the rest of the good things in the farmer's yard. But Mrs. Goose pretended not to understand him at all and was helping Mrs. Bittern to put the nest to rights as they all prepared to go out for a walk. For that is always the first thing you do when you visit your country cousins such precautions as the bitterns took when they left the house. It was, cover the nest here and put a stick there, and finally, to create a complete disguise, they raked a lot of straw over the top. Why, you never would have guessed it was a house at all. Then, through the grasses and the deep black mud and over innumerable tufts of green, where there were great wild cabbages, and tempting bunches of other treats, they went in a happy procession. The goslings nibbled and tasted and feasted, wherever their mother was sure it was wise. And little Billy, with his sharp beak, poked incessantly in the mud for the things he liked best, tadpoles and beetles. Almost all day they picnicked in this delightful place and only stopped in their leisurely stroll when they came to a grassy knoll where the mother birds thought it best to let the children rest. All the gossip of the year was gone over by the elders. Mrs. Bittern told of her winter vacation far to the south. We stayed much of the time with the herons and the spoonbills, Theirs is such an attractive colony, you know, and I delight in southern society. We came north with your first cousin, Mrs. Hudson Goose, a noble family, your great northern relatives, my dear Fluffy, but they fly a little too fast for us bitterns. We parted after a few days. Longbill, you know, likes to take it easy when he travels." But the children observed that Mrs. Bittern was moved to tears when their mother alluded to her late half-brother and another relative, uniting those names with a reference to a Christmas dinner. But they did not understand the connection, and it puzzled them when Cousin Bittern answered, "'Never mind, dear Fluffy Goose, there's little danger for you. You know you're getting tough. Let's see, you're twenty now, are you not?' And they were still more surprised when their mother bridled at this and said that surely Mrs. Bittern was mistaken. No, she was only 18 and not as old as she thought. Mrs. Bittern was only too eager to agree with her companion. Not for the world would she have her words taken amiss. So the little family quarrel was passed over and Mr. Bittern merely observed that the ladies were getting a little tired, and he thought that they had all better go home. But if he had been very quiet, this dignified Mr. Bittern he was, like a good many modest people, nonetheless able to distinguish himself. For after they reached the welcome dooryard, and Mrs. Goose and her family were about to depart for home, supplied the treat of the whole day surely cousin Longbill mrs. Goose had remarked you are going to sing for us before we go I wouldn't have the babies miss it for anything but to their dismay mr. bittern began making the most frightful sounds they had ever heard it was his great feat, that for which his family was renowned and it was not like anything ever known on sea or land. To do it, he filled himself so full of air that he was like to burst, and he was very red in the face when he got through, like a good many famous singers. Isn't it wonderful? said his wife. I never knew one to sing the national anthem better. For to her simple soul... Her husband's song was, of course, the one and only song. It must, consequently, be very important. Scarcely could Mrs. Goose praise her cousin enough, and the goslings all begged him to do it again. But once was enough, he reminded them, and they didn't want to disagree with him. By this time, they must hurry to get home, and their farewells were hasty. Like many return journeys, the way back was the shortest. And before they knew it, the goslings were trailing through the bushes at the foot of their own pasture. And somehow the little hill and the pair of bars and the bit of road, even the farmyard strewn with straw and pleasingly disordered, suddenly looked better to them than the lonely home of the bitterns far out in the great swamp. Ah, my dears, their mother said, as they waddled up to their home under the burdocks and the currant bushes. That's what a day away from home does for you. It makes you glad for what you have. And indeed, they were happy to nestle under her ample wings as the stars came out and the house dog bayed at the moon. And they were very happy to have heard their cousin Bittern do his singing and hoped, as many people hope after a great performance, that they would never have to hear it again. And that is the end of our story. If you are still awake, I would like you to think or say to yourself, I use my imagination when I am feeling bored or uninspired. I can relax and be myself. I love to learn. I am calm, relaxed, and peaceful. Sleep tight.